0: This is the fourth week that I started talking about letting go of the old life. You know, I, in first week I tried to help us to understand the the, the, the negative consequence of sin, and uh, we had word of knowledge sessions. I know, rightly after I was on the two Sundays, and still in line with what I'm talking about. And today I actually want to uh, really uh, close this, helping us to see the ability that God has given us. To let go of the whole life. What is the whole life? The whole life is the conduct, the way of thinking that the old man, the sinful nature, you know, are uh, left deposited in us before we give our life to Christ. What he means is this there was a time that you and I were not born again. In our nature, we're sinners. You know, the Bible even says that the thoughts that come from the heart of a man is continually wicked. And it's not because the man actually really wanted to think wicked, but because his nature is to do wickedly because when sin came into the world when adam fell when adam disobeyed god satan became the lord of his life and satan was his ruler right and then um, was he died to god which means he could he, he lost spiritual connection with god and uh, he had a spiritual connection with the devil and the spiritual connection that that adam had with the devil is such of evil because nothing good is in satan so Adam lost spiritual connection with God. God is good. God is light. God is life. He has spiritual connection with the devil, which is evil. So from the moment that Adam sinned, he has been inspired. He has been inspired by the devil to do evil. He had the nature of sin inside of him, which is his, his natural tendency and ability is to do bad. Even when when a natural person will have the spiritual connection with the devil, Right? even when they think they are even when they think they are doing good at the root of the good there's always an evil and when I say evil I'm talking about selfishness Now the bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Now God did not, God did not give Jesus because of what he wants to get to himself for a selfish motive He gave Jesus for the benefit of you and I now so the world the, the world we live in today will give you something because of what they want to get. The nature of God gives, not thinking about itself, but thinking about you. Amen. So, even, even if you see anyone who claim to be good, I'm good, I'm this and that and that. If you get to the root of it, you realize that they still have one selfish motive or the other. Okay, You're doubting it, right? Fantastic. Now, a lot of people, the good they do is to make them feel good. They want to feel good about themselves. I'm a good person. And that's why they do good. Can you see that it's too selfish? Because they are not doing good because they just want to be a blessing. Because God has been good to them and they want to extend that goodness to people. They don't even have a connection with God. They don't even recognize God. So in a sense, they are the God of their life because they see themselves to be good. So if you want to get into a spiritual debate with me, the Holy Ghost will keep giving me inspiration to knock down your ideology about the fact that somebody can be naturally good. No. You say somebody is naturally good, right? Okay. Uh, Wait until a situation arises in their life. You were, you will you be surprised at what people do, and they say they don't know what came over them. But for you and I, whose love of God, uh, for for you and I, in whom the love of God has been poured out in our whole in our spirit, if we learn to recognize that love of God in our heart, and we walk in that love, even when people do us very bad stuff, we realize that what comes out of us is not to revenge, is not to retaliate, right? But to love them and and to pray for the people. Amen. So a natural person has a spiritual connection with the devil because the devil is selfish, the devil is the father of lies, all man of stuff, that stuff is in the devil. And um, that was the situation of every man, or that is the situation of every human being born into this world, man and woman born into this world. And um, when we give our life to Christ, we lost that spiritual connection with the devil and we had a spiritual connection with God. Now, as a believer, you have a spiritual connection with God. Now, you don't need a prophet as an intermediary or a middleman between you and God. No, because through Christ Jesus, the gap, the void between you and God by sin has been taken away. I mean, the void created by sin has been taken away. Now, when you hear something called reconciliation, it's called, actually, what it means is restoration. So, restoring a state of friendship. So, you as a believer now, now you have a spiritual connection with God and God is your friend. God is your father. God loves you. He works with you, right? Well, even though you are a Christian, even though you are now, you have now have the nature of God inside of you, even though, though now you have you have a spiritual connection with God, you know, you, you still do some bad stuff, some crazy stuff. Now, that crazy stuff you do, sin, right? It's not a reflection of who you truly are spiritually. It's how you think, the way you think you should live life the way you your mind has been conditioned to think now that is what we call the old life the way you used to do things look have you seen how i have journeyed from when mankind fell by by uh, cutting off spiritually from god and um, having a spiritual connection with the devil and naturally spiritually all he just wants to do is sin now in christ jesus the spiritual connection has been broken and the spiritual connection with God has been reestablished, but that's in the spirit. Don't forget. Take note of what I'm saying. Spiritual connection, spiritual connection, not mental connection. should, sorry, uh, John chapter four. Jesus said, "God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth." So, if your relationship with God is purely spiritual, it's not mental, it's not emotional. You may hear things like, "God, come, we want to feel you in our midst this morning." It's not correct. It's not true. It's it's not biblical, right? Because God is spirit. You can't feel God. Amen? You cannot feel God. You can only have faith in God. You can only believe that you are a child of God. Because the Christian faith is about faith. It's about believing. Amen? So, God doesn't dwell... One second please. Can we have a short window? So, God doesn't dwell in our feelings, in our emotions. Right? But the older man, the sinful man or when we still had a spiritual connection with the devil, it has trained our mind to think in a certain way. It has trained us to feel certain ways. So if somebody treats you in a certain way before you give your life to Christ, you will realize that after you're giving your life to Christ, if those people still treat you the same way, you still react the same way. But now, being a child of God, you have to train yourself, understanding that you're a new species, new person, you have to train yourself in the ability you have in your spirit man to act differently yes you have to train yourself to act differently so the bad stuff you do naturally when you were in the world now that you're born again now that you're a child of God you have to train yourself to act like a child of God so when you had a spiritual connection with the devil you were acting like the devil somebody said no I wasn't bad I wasn't that bad okay well okay maybe you're not as bad as some people right but you're acting like the devil, you know lying, you know all manner of stuff that you were doing back then you and I cannot you alone I, I was like you too. right. Um, so when you when we had a spiritual connection with the devil, we were acting like the devil, right? But now that we have a spiritual connection with God, the way we were acting, you know, the way we, our behavior, our way of life, you know back then, when we had a spiritual connection with the devil has trained our mind to think and to act and to feel in a certain way. So now that we are born again, now, there's a new spiritual connection. We have a spiritual connection with God. We have a new nature. We have a new. We are now a new being. Now, we need to recognize that new being inside of us and start training ourselves to act like a child of God, to live like a child of God, because our nature has been changed. So when I talk about nature, what am I talking about? Have you seen a goat before? Have you seen a cat before? What about a dog? Imagine you hear a cat barking. will not you surprised? I'm not talking about those... Um, Cartoon and those um, sci-fi movies you see, a cat will always meow, a dog will always back mm? and a cow will always moo. <laughs> Someone is thinking, I want to pass away at this money because I have come some kids in the church this morning. Okay. So, a cat will always meow, a dog will always bark, and um, which other one is that? A cow will always moo, right? So, if you see a cat, when if you see a cow. Backing, I repeat, not on those sci-fi movies. If you see a cow backing, then you should be surprised. Now, what I'm trying to say is this: it is not a genetic DNA. It is on DNA on the genetic makeup of a dog to back. Okay, my English friends, don't be don't be upset with, with this. A dog will always be a dog, no matter how much you try to train a dog to act like a child. It's only a matter of time. So as long as, you're, as long as you're putting those inputs in the mind of a dog to act in a certain way, it's going to act that certain way. But leave the dog alone while you go on holiday in the house. Then it will show you that it is a dog. By the time you rip your sofa, I know it may sound like a nightmare, but you no, know, just pray that yours will not be like that. By the time you rip your sofa, by the time it messes up the house, then when you come back into the house, it begins to behave itself. And you're like, why would they do that? How could they do that? don't bother yourself don't stress yourself it is a dog amen it is a dog amen the Saddam may want to offend some people but this is not to offend you but to tell you that you cannot change the genetic makeup of a person you cannot change the genetic makeup of an animal is that time we begin to hear and to follow the truth about the gospel not making idols out of our animals Amen, that's a word of knowledge for someone there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We should stop making idols out of our animals. Some people, your dog, your animal is a is God of your life. You may want to deny it, but think about the relationship you have with your your pet. Is it he healthy? Where does God, which one weighs higher? You can meet that. Which one, I mean, in your subconscious mind, in your soul, would you have more... Okay, love for god or your animal okay i'll leave you to to decide that and why we carry on amen so what i've tried to do is to establish what i've been talking about in the past three weeks uh helping us to see the whole life the new life and the fact that even though we are new beings we are new creation in christ jesus our minds still think in the way the way we used to think so that way of thinking is what we call the old life and the bible says that we gotta let it go and um, why many believers think that, you know, it's not possible to live, to let go of the whole life. Let's see what the Bible says. I was saying today in prayer and, and during the prayer session before we came to the service this morning, uh, the Christian life is not about how you feel. The Christian life is about believing what God's words say, right, and acting on it. it it's not a matter of how you feel. And that's why I was talking about feeling God earlier on. Some people think God is someone you got to feel. Forget about it, it's spirit. Don't think about feeling it. So, you may feel like a sinner, but that does not make you a sinner. Amen. So, let's quickly look at this ability that God has given to us to let go of that old way of life. Amen. Now, um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. Hebrews 12. 4 two four i'm gonna be fast a little bit this morning reading some scriptures because there's one particular um, scripture i want to read that i might spend quite a lot of time there so this one's i'm just gonna go very quickly and then when i get to that point uh we sort out amen hebrews 12 1 2 4. uh i'm reading the new king james version. so the bible says therefore we also Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Now, I'm starting the journey there. Let us lay aside every wit and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Sin may feel pleasurable, but it ensnares us. When when the Bible says ensnares, it means it holds us captive, it binds us, it puts us in a kind of bondage. Amen. Young people, don't think people sin and get away with it. Now, they may tell you they are getting away with it, but the consequences they don't tell you or share with you. So please, church family and all our guests, I want to plead with you. Don't hold people by what they say when it comes to living an ungodly lifestyle. Don't. The word of God is true and is not a lie if somebody comes on the screen and tell you oh i did this this nice no i got um, this amount of followers i got this i got that what you are not seeing is the death the destruction the depression going on in their life so please do not hold people by what they say don't believe i'll put it this way like my wife say take what they say with a pinch of salt people wants to project an, a, an image they want to appear in a certain way before you they want to impress you they want to win you onto their side they want to use you not all people but majority of the people want to use you to make themselves feel good so be very careful to believe what people say amen because sin the bible tells us puts people into bondage depression regret disgust and all kind of stuff let's carry on and said let us lay so it, the bible is giving us a responsibility to lay aside to leave behind us to put away uh, every weight and every, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Okay, let me add one more thing there. So the, you know the Bible talks about weight there. So weight, I'll put it this way. Now some things in your life are not sin, right? uh But they hinder your spiritual effectiveness. Some of you can, some people can play game like crazy. It's not a sin to play games that are not ungodly because their games are the games are their games. And some people just while away their time on social media, and they can spend three to four hours on there and just strolling through. And some other things that preoccupy our mind, they are not sinful, but they just hinder our spiritual effectiveness. This is the kind of things that wait. Some people are, are, do, are taking a third job, you know, because they want to, something something they are pursuing, you know, people just have all manner of things they're trying to, you know, to pursue, to get. But I'm not trying to say that some people who are taking two or three jobs temporarily to pay off a debt, i'm not talking about those ones but people just think most of the time try to preoccupy themselves with something just with something and some of the things are weight because they weigh you down and they don't they don't they don't they don't help your spiritual effectiveness and some people the weight in their life are the associations the friends they keep some friends will come to your house and just take all your time you know talking about things not sinful but they're not had a value to you right you know you can't read your bible you can't you know, if you call me in the morning when I'm having my quiet time or when I'm praying, I ain't going to answer you. You may say, how do you even see that somebody's calling? Because sometimes I use my phone as my Bible and some see some notifications coming in, you know. So, so some people, our mobile phones has become a weight, right? We're just on the phone looking for something, chatting with someone, you know, these things in our spiritual effectiveness. And then we wonder why when challenges rise up, We pray, 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 something is, nothing is happening. And people are thinking God is not hearing their prayers. The thing is this, it's not about how long you pray. It's about your consciousness, your consciousness of the power of God at work in you. That's what we call faith. When you know and believe you have inside of you, but what drives your consciousness of the power of God at work inside of you is what dominates your mind. Right. So what I mean is this. If you what dominate your mind is the word of God, is the life of God, what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, you realize that when situation arise, you can easily flow and deal with the situation. But if what draw what what preoccupies your mind are carnal, ungodly, or just normal life thing, you will not be able to reach out to reach deep into your spirit and 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 release the power of God inside of you. I mean, to speak the word of God from your heart by faith, the word of God does not work in your brain; it works in your heart. But what goes into your heart is a function. What goes into your heart, or what defines the state of your heart, is a function of what you keep allowing to go into it through your head. So, if you want your heart to be sensitive to the Lord, and you want to be able to deal with situations just like that—a snap of a finger—put in a set up a system whereby the Word of God is constantly going through your eyes, your ears, and you can be quick to respond to situations and circumstances. Amen. So the Bible talks about weight and sin there. He said, Now, Verse, okay, carry on, carrying on now. He said, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So, I don't want to focus too much on focusing on Jesus because that's going to take me uh, a bit of time to explore that to explain that to you. Uh, but let me just focus on the, the part that we say should lay aside. So that if you cannot lay it aside, if you cannot, if you can't lay aside those way of thinking on godly way of thinking the bible will not ask you to do it right so you can do it that's why the bible is asking you to do it and the bible is saying to you here that you know to lay that aside it's not about focusing on those things but focusing on jesus focusing on your right and your privileges in christ focusing on the things that jesus has done for you focusing on the your, your new identity in christ now, when you are reading your Bible, especially in the New Testament, you will notice that for every, for each thing the Bible tells you not to do or to lay aside, is giving you a replacement. So God does not expect us to live in a vacuum because we cannot live in a vacuum. You are always thinking of something or the other. Amen. So as we lay aside, as the Bible is telling us to lay aside the weight and the sin, it's asking us to focus on something. But I'm going to trust God to help me to be able to bring more bring bring up more resources. Um, to help you and I to, you know, see other things that we can focus on, you know, things that are more applicable to our everyday life so that we have things we can focus on with our Christ-like or Christ-centered, you know. Amen. So the Bible is simply saying to us there that we can let go of the old life. We can lay aside those weights, those sins, the things that we have inherited from the old man, you know, the challenges, the temptations befalling you coming your way, you can you can lay them aside, you can stop them, you can stop them, you can put them aside. Amen. Now, so Second Peter 1, 3-2-4 says, um, and this is the TPT version. It says, Everything we could ever need for God, any anything, everything, sorry, everything we could ever need for life and godliness. Now, godliness is living a godly life, living the kind of life that God wants us to live. So some people still think that they are sinners saved by grace. You know, they are sinners and they cannot, you know, nothing good can come out of them. But the Bible is telling us here that God has given us everything. And this is spiritual, right? God has given you everything you need for life and godliness and has already been deposited. Look at this. The Bible says that ability to let go of the old life has been deposited in you by his divine power. Now, don't forget, uh, Ephesians 3.20 says that um, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think according to... I hope I'm quoting this right. Uh, according to I Ephesians 3. Uh Ephesians 3.20. Yeah. It says, now... This is Nick in James Version. So now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Ephesians 1.19 tells us that the power of God, the same power that God with which God raised Jesus from the dead was in us. Right. So, when the Bible tells us here in the book of um, 2 Peter verse 3 Second uh, uh, Peter 1 verse 3 that this ability to live a godly life has been deposited in us by his divine power. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost with which we were sealed we're stamped as God's possession according to ephesians 1 13 now the bible says that Holy ghost that we're sealed with right has the divine power to help us live a godly life so it's not about how you feel and the temptations you're going through it's about the ability that god has given to you in your spirit and it's not something you will ever feel because we we are constantly bombarded with negativity with you know with bad stuff evil stuff so we are most likely more conscious we are most likely to be more conscious of negativity and the negative things inside of us than we are of the positive things that god has done in us through christ jesus so If we want to be more conscious of the things that God has done in us, in Christ Jesus, the good stuff, then we need to do what? Yeah, you got it right. So we need to acknowledge. We need to believe. We don't wait to feel. We choose to believe. And when we believe and we act accordingly, when I mean accordingly, you act on what you believe, you act like what you believe, then we begin to see those things become a reality in our lives. I go through the temptation that most people go through, right? But I refuse to, I call those things my identity or see them as my, who I am. So I switch my mind from from time to time to focus on what the Bible says. And I'm still on this journey until, you know, all everything that God says about me, according to his word, becomes reality in my life. So God has given us the power, the ability, is in our spirit. It's not something that we feel, we feel like right it's something we choose to believe and then as we believe and act on it our feelings and emotions we change amen so for all this was lavished so continue verse three now for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness as a result of this he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. There's so, hmm? TPT. so there's so much uh, loaded in there. But let me try to summarize for you. You and I have been given an ability in the person of the Holy Ghost to, to live a godly life. And the more you know of the things that God has done for you in Christ Jesus, the more you are able to uh, believe that this ability is inside of you and you're able to let go. So it starts with knowing Jesus and understanding the things that Jesus has done for you. It starts with knowing that you're a new creature. It starts with knowing that when you give your life to Christ, the old sinful identity has been done away with and you have a new identity in christ so these are the promises of god he said he's going to write his law in your heart he's going to give you a new spirit so the more you understand those promises and that god has fulfilled those promises in christ jesus the more you realize that you are able to live that godly life you are able to let go of a sinful life you're able to let go of the sinful behavior sinful mindset so in as much as the the ability is given to us according to the word of god the Bible is also telling us that we need to commit ourselves to knowing these promises, to knowing these blessings, to discovering them. And they're not going to enter your mind in your sleep or in your dreams. We have to read the word of God. We have to believe in it so that we can experience it. Amen. Now, so finally, Ephesians four seventeen to 24. So with the wisdom given, I'm reading the TPT version. So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say, you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. So the Bible is saying that we should not walk like the unbelievers. We should not live like the unbelievers. The thing is, just, an unbeliever should be, should be able to clearly tell the difference between themselves and you when it comes to the ungodly stuff they do. See, we as believers, right? We are not permitted... To try to identify with the world so that we can lead, we can win them to Christ. I've had a manner of stuff in my life as a believer. You know, people say things like you know what, um, toast them into the kingdom of God, and this has caused a lot of um, immorality among Christian circles. So when I was in uni, you know, some guys came came from like okay, I was based okay I was based in Ondo State, it's all in southwest part of Nigeria, and these guys come from Lagos and they want and when they are teaching, they are preaching. They say things like toast them into the kingdom of god so they expect guys to go out there and toast girls into the faith is is you know when and these guys are they were very well they were very well respected right toast okay to, toast means this i thought people would understand so you kind of like how you know how do you operate this in this in the, in the western part of the world here uh, you know when you when you when you invite someone to go into a romantic relationship with you I get to me. So you ask them out for a romantic kind of relationship. Does that explain it? All right. I don't want to go too deep, right? But let me, but I can't I can let, let's explain it. Okay. So when you approach a lady, so my wife is a lecturer here. So so I'm a Nigerian guy. I'm a typical Nigerian guy, right? So I'm 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 believing God. I'm still on this journey, you know, of becoming um, westernized nice in a way, right? So uh, I have a lecturer in the house who's been here much longer than I do. So we're gonna ask her to help me. So how do you say this? When you approach a lady, mm mm-hmm, and, and offer romantic intention. Amen. I need to replay this so I can hear this. So, so these guys come from Lagos and they say to us when they're teaching us, like, you know, you approach ladies, approach ladies and, you know, offer them a kind of romantic relationship so that they can come into the faith. That will never go well. And that was causing a lot of problems. The guys were, you know, but what I'm trying to say, you know, those girls they are talking about, we, oh, okay, we question this is so why should we go actually why should the guys go and talk to the girls uh, to get them to christ why can't they go to boys and then the, the girls too were kind of also encouraged to do that kind of thing go around these guys and try to win them to christ god, god, god will help me in this journey amen so um some would follow them to church but i don't think we had up to one percent success rate because an some guy is approaching a girl right you're saying all kind of things they want to hear and they listen to you and you know even when they come to church or when they come to this christian meetings they are coming because of you because of what they want to get i get and things went so bad even some people they give their life to christ but the relationship between the toaster and the toasty was so messy hence we have so many christians today who are indulging all manner of sinful practices and they call themselves born again not that they are not born again but they didn't get it right amen so there must be a very clear difference between us and the world and I was on the conversation I <laughs> it's interesting how it's so quick for people to not make Christian at work <laughs> I know that I'm, I'm religious kind of stuff uh, or the way I talk kind of stuff but it just comes out you know, somebody was, I was meeting with someone and they were just swearing and swearing and swearing and swearing as we are talking. And unconsciously, I was just like, you know, well, last night I was still walking till that kind of 9pm and, you know, I was, reading, I was about to read my Bible and I just kind of hear that God was telling me about some thought and they went quiet. They went still. I was like, and I saw that their countenance changed and the way they related with me changed afterwards. kind of stuff. I'm not ashamed to say it. I wasn't telling them to give their life to Christ. I'm just talking about what's going on in my life. Now, if the wicked or the natural, the unbeliever, are comfortable to manifest and talk about their sinful behavior and the dirty things that are doing in their life so why are you not comfortable to, to, to talk about the fact that you live in light and you live a life of life so the people I've spoken to quite a lot of them know that I'm a Christian not because I want them to know but it comes out right because I, I love the life I live and I and I enjoy the life I live right and the way I relate live with people I don't condemn them I don't look at them like a sinner and because is what I'm saying to you is the state of my heart so it doesn't come out in my tone, in the tone of my voice. What I mean is this. If you don't look at people like a sinner, you will, if you don't think people are sinner and condemn them in your heart, it will reflect in your attitude because you love them, you care about them, you want to help them. And this is the reason why we all need to really ensure that we understand what the gospel is about. Jesus said in John 3, 17, I did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Amen, let's carry on. So <clears throat> let me finish. Let me take that 17 again and then you, you begin to see some details in there so with the wisdom given to me from the lord i say you should not live like the unbelievers around you you will walk in their empty delusions people of the world many times think you know the bad stuff they are doing is a reality it's a real stuff you know it's interesting how because there are so many you know when you talk about the good things you do i mean the, the normal you live in the normal life the godly life they look at you like you're weird you know you appear like the sick one you know uh, it's interesting a lady a young girl was saying to me one day she said she wasn't skewingish she's a Christian and uh, she she was she was so she was stunned at the confidence that our colleagues in class had to walk up to her and say let's go let's go and a smoke cigarette and some other dirty things that those guys were doing and she was like, you know it's like it's no more to them and because there's quite many in terms of ratio compared to which is just a Christian, she might be feeling intimidated kind of stuff but that's kind of a place where I shine i would love you i'll go out with you go and we'll go to a restaurant together, that kind of stuff like that but you really know where i stand amen, amen. and couple the fact that i've been training myself for me for a few years now you know to be able to have gospel conversations with people and we started this transformers connect so that believers can learn how to have gospel conversations with people you can talk to people about god without condemning them i met some guys yesterday i didn't even know the other guy was a was a christian but we're just having conversations. I do want to know whether they're Christian or not. I just want to have conversation with people and just let's chat and stuff like that. Things will come out that, you know, you can help people with, right? But in as much as the world can confidently talk about the wickedness to do, right? And we too should be bold to talk about the better life we live, right? So, it's un- so we must train ourselves not to condemn people, not to see people as bad people in a sense, uh, but... You know, be able to bring the life of God you have to the table. Be comfortable with it. Amen. Skillfully, you know, I know there's a lot in there, but let me just stop post this so we can carry on. Now, look at this. So, the world, they are living in delusion. They're living in deceit. A delusion, deceit. Uh, verse 18 says, Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their selves, they, so they, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. Friends, you know, when I was reading Hebrews, sorry, Second Peter chapter 1, it was talking about the, the life of God inside of you, the power of God inside of you, and stuff like that, right? Uh second is divine power. I'm trying not to quote the an in James version. But the Bible is taking to us that uh, the, the power of God to live a godly life has been deposited in us, right? Now, in every believer, Christ in us will always tell us that's not the way to live. And if Jesus in us is telling us we should not live a bad life, it's because that's not the way we should live. And that's because we can stop when we're about to do something silly. But I'll put it this way, it's better we don't even start the fire. Um, it's better we don't start the fire than to try to quench the fire when things have gone out of hand. Don't start, don't send a text message to the girl. The boy winks at you on, on a text message, don't reply. Somebody says you look beautiful and you reply with a lost struck eyes. Is that how to put it? Yeah, you with your emoji with lost struck. It means that you are you are entertaining it. It's gonna burn you. There's a lot in there. Uh, when it comes to how ladies respond to how men, you know, admire them on Instagram about how they look, how sec- how sexually attractive they are, and stuff like that. There's a there's a massive problem in there. Amen. Uh, why should why should a guy be making sexual advances towards you on, se- on, on 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 Facebook on whatever whatever whatever? We need to we need to talk about that. Amen. Now it says good. Now, verse 21 says, if you have really experienced the anointed one, now the Bible is challenging your Christianity here. If you have really experienced, because experience is not the fact that you've just given your life to Christ. Experience is the fact that you know the word of God. You're studying the word of God. The word of God is becoming more real to you. That's if you have really experienced the anointed one and and had his truth. So you give your life to Christ, but are you actually living your life by the truth in God's word, by the truth of Jesus. He said, it will be seen in your life, for we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. So the Bible here is contrasting the lies, the deception the world is living in. That sounds pleasurable. How many followers can you have on Instagram? How many church members do you have? Having the latest car, having this, having that, which people know cannot give them fulfillment because the material possessions you acquire you know, they only make you feel excited for maybe one or two days. And that's it's wind. That's it's even if it lasts up to that. So, accumulated designer bags and things to make yourself feel good. You, we know that it's not working. You're just spending more than you can. And you're just putting yourself in problem. You're just idolizing these things. Come on, if you, if you know you're struggling in this area, reach out to me. Let's get you on this journey of uh divorcing your heart from these idols and embracing your true identity in christ because this is the only way you can find joy you know people tend to tell you or define your status by your natural accomplishment your job titles but you and I know that this thing doesn't give us ultimate satisfaction amen so the truth now verse 22 says and he has taught you to let go of the old Sorry, to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man. Here he's talking about the whole life. So Jesus in us and everything I've talked about is teaching us to let go. And I've showed us how to let go by acknowledging the good things inside of us, recognizing them, acting on them by faith so that we can experience them right because the fact that you're born again you give your life to jesus does not mean that you have you actually experiencing the fullness of jesus so if you want to experience the fullness of jesus if you want to experience the true christian life there's a giving your life to christ and there's a christian life if you want to really experience the true christian life the spirit you know the life of joy happiness true joy true peace true happiness then you have to embrace the truth of god's word embracing discovering the truth and embracing the truth of God's word about your identity, will help you to begin to experience the true Christian life. Many Christians are not ex- many Christians are no experiencing the true Christian life because they are living in delusion, in deceit, in lie, in deception. They are conducting their life based on what the word says, What the world says to them is life is reality. Amen. So, verse 22, I'll take it again, then we showed show them. He said, and he has taught you to let go of the, of the lifestyle of the ancient man. The lifestyle. You get to identify that lifestyle. Okay, I think that should give you some action points here. You know, what are the things the Bible says that you should not do, that you think you're still doing or you're struggling with? you get to write some of these things down, or all of them down, and begin to find out from the word of God, your identity, your new identity in Christ Jesus, and begin to speak that you are that new person, that you can do those person. This journey may take you nearly two or three years. Some people, maybe six months. But it's a journey we all need to get on, because it's a journey. Because if you have been thinking funny for the past twenty years, you don't think, you don't, you can't expect that your way of thinking or the condition of your heart will change in two months. So you have to hold on to God's word, what it says about your identity, relative to the the challenging things you do, and hold on to it. Surround yourself with conversations about this life, this new thing, as opposed to those dirty and unkind or godly things. Right. Um maybe in future we will be able to talk more 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 in that area. Yeah. Um so I say, and he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusion. We talked about it when I was starting about the sinful life that was, you know, that we had, we inherited from from the fall of mankind, the fall of Adam. Um Now it is time to be, verse 23, now it is time to be made new by every revelation that has been given to you. I love this. And I've covered those things even before I got here. So the fact that you are born again, because this letter was written to Christians, right? So the fact that you're born again doesn't mean you're experiencing the new life yet. The new life is in your spirit, but you get to experience it. And to experience it, to experience that new life, to be transformed. You know the name of our church is Transformers Church. We transform lives, amen, by God's word. word. Right. So to experience that new life, you need the revelation of your new identity in Christ Jesus. And that's the journey the Transformers Church is on now, helping you and I to discover our true identity in Christ. Having the revelation, understanding that we are born again, we are children of God, we are not sinners. We're sinners saved by grace. We have the ability of God on the inside of us. Amen. We have been empowered with the ability to let go of the whole life. We can love one another, not out of ungodly lust. We can care about one another. We can fight for one another. We can stand by one another. We can protect one another in the love of Christ. Amen. People can bring their kids to you and you will not abuse them. No, you can protect women rather than use them. Many men, I'm gonna uh, the Lord is beginning to really prompt me to start uh, to start um a part of my ministry on, on 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 the male identity i've been praying about it i've been trying to hold back but it's really encouraging me in this direction right uh the world has defined men to be in a certain way and god is really god has been quickening my heart and has been working on me to step into that place to help men to embrace his own identity and not the identity that the, the world has imposed on them i was speaking to a guy yesterday he said you know um, men are believed to be polygamous so men cannot live with one wife they cannot have, have one wife i said but that's not what jesus said jesus said that god created men to have one wife and it is in the only one wife they can have true satisfaction not in two women or three women and even though we have record of people who left will lived polygamous lifestyle in the Bible, but let's go and see how that worked out for them, and the problems and the situation and the confusion that entered into life. There was a story. I was sorry, guys. I, I know I'm running late. I'm, I'm, I'm over time. There was a story I read in, um, I think, in the book of Judges. I can't remember. A guy had a had a guy had, I can't remember. A guy had, um, he had seventy sons, and then he had a concubine, which kind of a, a mistress. And the child of the concubine killed the 70 sons after the guy had passed on. As I look at how a man, uh, whatever, I don't know what was his brain, to have had a side chick and mistress. Look at how he wasted the life of 70 sons because of a fling or whatever that he had with another woman. And it really got me thinking. So when the world tells us that a man is polygamous, they are lying to you. Because polygamy has not done well. even if you think you had fun, you had every nonsense, you think you could have the pleasure you could have. What about the life of children? I don't think many men and women, parents are schooled or trained to think about the impact of their actions on the kids. You know when I see some horrible politicians on the TV, especially in Nigeria, I'm thinking, what are they thinking about their kids? Because I don't one of the reasons why I'm I'm, I'm careful about my character is because of my kids. I don't want my kids to have a stigma on them and the world see them inside certain we bought. It's not the way men think these days. Majority of men think these days. Amen. So um, pray with me, pray for me as I get in that journey. It's quite a deep one and it's quite a challenging one. Amen. So uh, we're talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ in us that the more we have this revelation of our identity in Christ, Jesus will be able to walk in the reality of the truth and we'll be able to let go of the old life. So can you say that to let go of the old life it's not something you do by mental techniques or behavior modification. No, it has. To, if you want, if you want to experience a change in life, it starts from within, having a revelation, understanding a spiritual understanding of who you are, your identity. Because the more you see who you truly are, you know, the more you see yourself better than those funny stuff that you know you are you are tempted with i love this fact and <laughs> see look at the name of our church here he said and to be transformed as we embrace the glorious christ we are the transformers church i didn't come up with the name jesus gave me the name Right. so some people say i like the name of the church i said the funny thing is that jesus gave me the name i wasn't even thinking it probably i'll have given you some other kind of funny cool name right so and, be, and to be transformed so god wants you to be transformed uh, as you embrace can you say? he's giving you the action you embrace the glorious christ within as your new life and live in union with him amen time will not allow him to get into this amen for god has created re, for god has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness I hope somebody somebody on, on the west uh, transformers connect is hearing this so god has recreated you again in his perfect righteousness in your spirit you are perfect you are holy you are pure I know your mind is not holy and pure, and that's why you got to receive revelation of your new identity in Christ. Believe and live in union with Christ in the inside of you. And you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. Amen. There's so much loaded in Ephesians 4. You know, I think if I was going to do justice, I might teach this for six weeks, just those verses alone. But let's see how God leads us. Uh, the focus of this uh, four-part series is to help you to see that you can let go, to see that you can. And as God leads us, we'll start showing you how to let go. But first of all, we want to establish that you can, showing you that you have a new nature in Christ Jesus. Guys, we love you. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. Thank you for coming to church this morning. I hope that blesses you. My name We're still on air for the Trasphemers Connect. Sorry. Um, catch up with Tony and Angelomy until we're able to put systems together. Uh, such that we are able to really start delving into these identity things right so pray for us if god is leading you to be a blessing in terms of how to, you can uh, you can serve and you have what part you can play uh it might be challenging things to do there you know from your technical knowledge and stuff like that uh, please feel free to reach out to us we have a lot of work to do and um, we're trusting god to bring us people who are committed to heart is into expanding the kingdom helping people. If this message has been a blessing to you and if what we've been doing in Transmaster has been a blessing to you, I want to want to say that you know think about being a blessing to somebody else. I appreciate people would share the message, but what is God saying to you as to the part you can play in this movement to help people to see the light and walk in truth and not in delusions and the deceit of the world. So I leave that to you to pray about and um if you'd like to connect with us on Wednesday for Transmas Connect on Zoom, man, that's where the real Christian life really happens in the church, not just when I speak to you on a Sunday. So please feel free to connect with us and we we'll look forward to hosting you on Wednesday. We love you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the sunshine and the warmth if you're based in the UK. God bless you.